Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Get the Job podcast sponsored by School for School Counselors. I'm Steph Johnson, your host. So glad you're back with me again for another episode of the Get the Job podcast. We are so glad to be bringing this new resource into the school counseling community. I think it's something that has been sorely needed for a long time. And I also think it's something that is going to surprise a lot of folks. Some of the direction that we're going to provide here, some of the ideas that we're going to give you are very different than what you typically hear in mainstream social media world. And that's for a reason. Most of the information that you hear in places like that is misinformation, right? Or it doesn't give you the whole picture. It's very well-meaning folks trying to give you the best of what they know. But it's also often like an old wives' tale. It's advice that's been handed around over and over and over again for, you know, time immemorial, and no one really knows how or why the information started circling around to people or whether or not it's still relevant. It's a big danger, especially when we're playing with people's livelihoods here. And so I don't take this lightly. I am not flip with this information at all because a lot of you depend on your paychecks, right? And after investing tens of thousands of dollars into your school counseling degree, man, you need to be able to get hired, to be able to utilize that degree, and to make the impact for students that you want to be able to make. And that is what this podcast is all about. So today I want to talk about the best 90 seconds of your professional career. It's something that's often overlooked. It's something that people don't often talk about. And again, it's because common interview advice is not necessarily given from a research-based perspective. But we're going we're gonna to bust through all that. And I'm going to let you know that typically the first 90 seconds of your interview experience will decide whether or not you get the job. That is all at once sort of refreshing and terrifying all at the same time. To know that if you give a great first impression, the odds are in your favor. Also, if you have a misstep in those first 90 seconds, you're going to have to work hard to recover. Not telling you to scare you, but I do want you to know what the research says. So in the first 90 seconds of your job interview experience, and notice, I didn't just say job interview. I said job interview experience because this 90 seconds also encompasses your very, very first impression. If you have been sitting and waiting for your interview and someone comes to get you, the moment they say hello or the moment they set eyes on you, the clock has started. So if you go in for an interview and you're sitting in a chair waiting to be called, but you're, you know, scrolling on your phone or typing away or something like that, it's not going to give the best first impression. So be mindful of that. I remember going to an interview for my very first school counseling job, and I was sitting waiting for the principal to come get me, and something had happened on campus. I can't remember what, but they were tied up with something they couldn't leave. And so I was just kind of sitting and waiting and waiting. So I was chatting with the secretary up front and she was, <laughs> she was almost kind of interviewing me herself. Like, where are you from? How long have you been school counseling? That kind of stuff. It, 
And because, you know, she was just talking to me, right? Like a normal person, she could ask me questions that they weren't allowed to ask in an interview. Like, you know, are you married? Do you have any kids? That kind of stuff. Well, she left for a little bit and came back. And then the principal came in and, and said, hey, uh, here to get you for your interview. Uh, I hear our secretary's got you all checked out here, but we're, we're going to come back and talk just as a formality. <laughs> and I thought in that moment, man, no truer words have ever been spoken, right? Often you are being screened by front office staff, by other folks that come into the office while you're sitting there waiting, whatever the case may be. So be mindful of that. The first 90 seconds will also likely encompass your introduction. And this is a question that we answer so often, but it's something that's on everybody's mind every time they interview. I've never once met anyone who felt like they had this one in the bag. And that is when you sit down and they say, you know, oh, so-and-so, it's so nice to meet you. Before we get started, please tell us about yourself, right? Nothing strikes fear (laughs) into the heart of a school counseling uh, job candidate than hearing those words. Tell us about yourself. So you've got to be clear and concise. You only have roughly, you know, by that point, maybe at 30 to 45 seconds to state your case. You've got to do so succinctly. You've got to be laser targeted on what you want your panel to know. And you can't beat around the bush with information. You can't, you know, I was born on a cold October night and I, you know, I have four hamsters and a dog and a snake. And I've lived with my boyfriend and our 17 kids now for the last, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just goes on and on. We've, we've heard all kinds of stories in our interview prep. But the point is, you can't begin with this autobiographical depiction of your life. And that's where most people default, right? Most people will walk into an interview And say something like, you know, well, my name is Molly McFadden, and I am looking to be a school counselor at XYZ Elementary School. I have a husband and three kids and a dog named Joe, and we love taking long walks on the beach and going to the mall together on the weekends to eat French fries. That's all well and good, but that is not what you lead with in your school counseling interview. You lead with how you can be of service to that campus. Yes, don't waste valuable real estate talking about things that these people don't care about. Number one, when you start giving these autobiographical monologues, what you're doing is making yourself sound like every other person that sat in that chair. And that is almost certain death in an interview situation. But the second thing is, You're wasting valuable time. Let them know exactly why you're there and exactly what you can do to help that campus get where they want to go. Now, how do you know all of that would be the next question, right? There are a couple of different ways that you can decide that. It's something that we work on at length in our Get the Job program. So we teach a a specific interview strategy It is completely customized to you, and it teaches you how to identify the most key points that you want to present in the beginning of your interview. 
We spend a lot of time also talking about how you find the information about a campus that you need in order to position yourself as a prime candidate. Now, a lot of that information, I'll tell you right now, you can Google it, find it on the internet, all right? Not saying it's going to be totally reliable or accurate, but you can find it. I'm going to tell you what we advise our members to find with a caveat, and that is that just finding the information about a campus and regurgitating it to them will almost always mean that they're not going to hire you, okay? Let me be very clear about that. If you're just uncovering stats about a school campus, you walk into an interview and you just start regurgitating stats, you're probably not going to get hired because they already know their stats. That can come across as sort of a know-it-all kind of, I know a lot of places tell you that it makes you look like you've prepared. Eh, Maybe, maybe not. It's all in the delivery on that one. But the most important point in all of this is you've got to have something to back it up. So we teach our get the job folks how to not only find the information, but how to assimilate it, how to weave the information together to paint a portrait of that campus that identifies its weak spots, that identifies the direction that it wants to go and the direction that it wants to grow without necessarily having to be told overtly. I'm also about to break your heart. <laughs> Are you ready? A piece of in, uh, a piece of advice you're often given in these situations is to go look up a campus improvement plan or something like that that's published for a campus on their website and go with that. <laughs> okay, number one, anybody that does that, again, is going to sound like everybody else. And number two... <laughs> The goals on that campus improvement plan aren't necessarily the goals of the administrator. Ooh, think of that. Let me say that one more time. The goals in the campus improvement plan are not necessarily the goals of the principal. Mic drop. Right? We just assume that those are one and the same. But my friends, I can tell you with absolute certainty I've worked in schools for a quarter of a century now, which makes me sound really old. But I can tell you that the published goals of the campus and the goals of the principal are often not the same. There are often things that upper administration wants to see included in those plans, goals that they have set for the campus that the administrator is not necessarily married to. They're not interested in that. They have other concerns on their plate. And typically, if you dive into the data on the campus, you're going to be able to tease those out a little bit, all right? You may not be able to be a complete expert in it, but you'll have a really good idea of where you're headed. So some of the places that you could find some information like that, again, campus websites, they often have their improvement plans and things like that posted. Look at them, but take them with a grain of salt. Your state education website should have some stats published on your schools. And we're just now crawling out of that weird bubble where we didn't have a lot of good data because of COVID shutdowns, testing restrictions, those kinds of things left us with kind of a big gap in our data. But we're just now starting to pick that up again. Uh, So you should be able to get some good information on your schools. News outlets are a good source of finding out what's important to your campus, 
District websites will have news stories as well. Talk to folks in your community. If you live close to that site, ask folks, what do they know about that school? What is their perception of the school? And most importantly, what's going wrong at that school? Because that's going to give you a lot more information and it's going to be more honest than some of the stuff you're going to read online, right? But we take all of these sources of information, we compile them together, and we look at them in parallel. And as we do that, and we do this kind of as a groupthink activity in our Get the Job program, we can tease out the story of that campus. And it's really fascinating when we're able to do that. It gives you a great power base then to be able to speak eloquently on the challenges of that campus and how you can position yourself as someone who can help. And my friends, once you've done that, you've won. You have absolutely cinched it. That it's all art and skill and it takes time and practice. So if that's something that you're interested in looking into more, we would love to help you with that. I feel like I'm being coy by switching out of that train of thought for a minute, but I promise you I'm not. It's just not something that you can teach through a podcast, right? But the point of this has been to put on your radar how important that first minute and a half is with your mannerisms, who you speak with, your dress. We'll get into that more in a later podcast episode and how you introduce yourself at the very beginning of the interview. Research tells us that that makes up to 90% of the decision of the interview committee before anything else has happened. So it doesn't matter how long you've studied the list of ASCA recommended job interview questions, which, by the way, if you have a copy of that list, just do me a favor and, and go toss it in the garbage right now. No shade against ASCA. Their questions do serve a purpose, but not at the beginning of your job interview prep and certainly not as your only strategy, okay? So if you have a list of those questions, just get rid of them. You can print them out later when you need them, but right now is not the time. It doesn't matter how long you've studied those questions. It doesn't matter how great your portfolio is. It doesn't matter if you've come up with some, you know, killer questions to ask at the end of your interview, all those different things. None of that matters if you don't master the first 90 seconds. So that's what we do in Get the Job. It's part of our school for school counselors world. So know that this strategy and this approach is built with school counseling in mind. All right. I could very easily take this interview strategy out and extrapolate it to teachers, school administrators, people in other sectors of employment, all that kind of thing. I could build a website to become you know, some sort of job interview influencer and train all these people from all these different places to do these things. But I don't care about that. I care about helping school counselors. And not just because I am one, but because I think you guys are just about the greatest people on the planet. You do hard work. You do work that often goes largely unnoticed. It often feels thankless right? And you do it all with a cheerful heart and a willingness to give and serve students. 
(laughs) We need more people like you on our planet. We also need to be able to develop some large-scale advocacy for school counselors because the majority of our representative organizations aren't getting it done. I'm just going to be real about it and be honest about it. We don't see a lot of that in a lot of areas, so it's going to be up to us. It's going to have to be a grassroots effort to advocate uh, for equity for school counselors on school campuses because we're often treated as the redheaded stepchild of the staff, and we don't want to be that anymore. One of the ways that we can begin to effectively advocate and put these changes into motion is to get really good folks hired who have a modern perspective on school counseling, the way school counselors should be operating, the way that we are equipped to uniquely help students with their mental health concerns, and also achieve academic success, right? And so we've got to get you folks hired. We've got to get you in these spots so that we can begin working together. That is the reason that I do what I do in the Get the Job program. It's specifically for school counselors to help you put your best foot forward so that you can become part of the movement for change in school counseling. If you're interested, you can check us out at schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash get the job. We would love for you to look at it. Um, Feel free to ask any questions, anything that you'd like to know about the program. We've priced it insanely low just because we want everybody to have the opportunity to participate that wants to do it. And I'm telling you right now, again, I could go out on the internet and charge a whole lot more for this, but I don't want to do that because it's not the point. And if you're wondering if it really works, you can see our testimonials on our webpage as well from real school counselors just like you who have gone through the Get the Job program and have experienced tremendous success. I want that for you. So if you're interested, go check it out, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash get the job. And just remain mindful of how you plan to present yourself in the first 90 seconds of your job interview. Because my friends, that is your make it or break it window. Utilize your time well. Utilize it intentionally so that you can rock your school counseling interview. If you have any questions, I'll be here waiting. I would love to hear from you. And until we visit next time, I hope you have the best week. All right, go think through those first 90 seconds and take care. Did you enjoy this podcast episode? If so, leave a review. Thank you.